could be moved before the trade deadline. Another name on the block could be Yasiel Puig. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reports that Puig, quote, appears a particularly strong candidate to be moved in a trade. News and notes from around the NFL. The Packers have released defensive lineman Mike Daniels. The Colts have placed running back Spencer Ware on the active PUP list. Coach Frank Reich said it's, quote, a muscle injury that will sideline Ware for a couple of weeks. And the New England Patriots have signed tight end Lance Kendricks. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. EY, Eric Young, on the way in just a matter of moments. Frankie, what's happening, buddy? Greg, hey, happy Thursday to you, bud. It's almost the end of the week. And I know you're so excited for it. You were so excited downstairs. You spilled your salad all over yourself. I did. Frank's <laughs> pointing it out immediately. You can't see it. Yeah, you know it. I wasn't going to. Let's I, get the, uh, the ISO I, shot on Greg. I think we're far enough away that you're not going to be able to see it, but I was eating my salad. You can't see it, can you? Yeah, you can. A little bit. Can you? Yeah. 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 So This guy just could not get enough balsamic in I, there. I did. I made my own balsamic, too. My own balsamic vinaigrette. That was a problem. You made it from scratch? Yeah. So I had balsamic vinegar that I used for a recipe, so then I could mix it with some mustard, some honey. And some oils to make my own vinaigrette. Now it's on me. I wish I could say that I've done the same, Greg. How are you doing, bud? How'd you sleep? Uh, I, I slept all right. I slept all right last night. I won my kickball game. Proved to 5-0 and on the season. Doubleheader to wrap the regular season up next week. Do you ever get tired of dominating so much? No. All right. No, Just don't. figured I'd ask. I don't. Dominating um, with the bunts, of course. Yeah, of course. No doubt about it. Uh, EY, it's day one of training camp. We've already had our first Leonard Fournette's injured rumor. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I mean, this is uh, is not a common occurrence for him. He's normally very reliable and, and uh, never gets hurt. So, I mean, I was totally surprised and probably won't sleep tonight. That was sarcastic, if you can't tell. Yeah, we got This time of year. He's a soap bubble. He's a soap bubble. It's insane. This time of year is just absolutely insane, Greg, because we are getting so many updates that are coming in that can 99% of them mean nothing. Kalen Balazs taking the first rep at Dolphins practice. Something to pay attention to. Let's see if that continues. But it's day one. I'm telling you, this happens every single year. ADP is going to change based on Odell Beckham making a one-handed catch in practice, Greg. Dude, we've seen that. I saw a Mike Gusecki video today of him making I a catch. I saw the same thing. Bump him up around. He 100%. made a catch. Who knew Mike Gusecki could catch the ball? Kalen Milaj takes the first snap at running back for the Dolphins. Screw you, Kenyon Drake. We are all in on Kalen Milaj. Admittedly, we were letting you have it downstairs. Uh, we all were, for but sure. But also admittedly, 
you weren't very excited when you first read it. You're like, seriously, seriously, a, why a, does everyone hate Kenyon Drake? It was a stomach punch, man. Hate uh, the Drake. There was a stomach punch right there for sure. But training camp has begun, which means the hot takes have begun, um, and we're we're full speed ahead, man. Well, yeah, we're up to the AFC West now. We got the Bronco, Broncos and the Chargers on tap today. Tomorrow, the Chiefs and Raiders. Also, no Michael Florio tomorrow. It's all right. He's still fine. Uh, we'll we'll figure out if we could get him uh, get him around next week. But we're wrapping up our team previews, our division previews this week. The AFC West is up next. Last but not least. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get in there, though, I we were talking downstairs about Chris Carson not practicing yet, and the Rashad Penny love. He has his helmet on. He, he's practicing now. Oh, Chris Carson? Yeah. Oh, he got a late start to practice. No big deal. Pump him back up around. He's back, baby. I'm telling you, we're going to see the ADP fluctuate crazy just based on the weirdest things happening, right? It's just, there's going to be a lot of uh, instant takes just based on, you know, guys missing a practice here or there, someone uh, jogging off the field, someone making a great catch, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be interesting, Greg. I love the time of year, don't you? Oh, it's the best. It, it, it's the best. It's all. It's literally just full of hot takes, uh, and we'll have a whole lot of them coming up today as we go over uh, the Chargers and the Broncos today. One week away from the Hall of Fame game, Greg, which is the official kickoff of preseason. Are right, you going to watch that? Maybe the first play, because that's all the starters play. They play like one drive, maybe, if that. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. I don't know if there's... I don't know. I'll see if there's any second or third stringers on the... I believe it's the Broncos and Falcons that are playing that we'll be interested in. Maybe some Quadre Allison. How about that, Greg? Rookie running back for the Falcons. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, Pay attention no. to him in that game. I will not be doing any of that. I, I don't think I'll watch a single second of it. I'm sorry. It's okay, buddy. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. All right. Uh, so coming up today, like we said, we have the Chargers and the Broncos. Um whole lot to talk about with both these teams, certainly uh, when it came, comes to the running backs. Uh, which team do you want to start with, Eli? Um, yeah, I mean, either or. I mean, I'm excited to talk about both. These are two teams that are, I believe have a lot of uh, interesting fantasy stories. San Diego's uh, offense is loaded with fantasy gems, and, uh, and I believe that they're in the line to make a deep run, possibly play in the Super Bowl this year. Potentially without Melvin Gordon, Greg, because... Obviously, you know we can't have a fantasy draft season without having potential holdouts. We've already talked a lot about that, but Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, I saw someone wrote in the chat that Ezekiel Elliott is not on the plane that is uh, going to Dallas Cowboys training camp. He has to to report by, I believe it's like August 6th or August 8th or something like that, so that's really the date to pay attention to when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. But we're talking about the Chargers today. Melvin Gordon, of course, threatening a holdout, and we also got an update today. Michael Thomas threatening a holdout so uh as we mentioned it's a really really fun time of year to talk fantasy football absolutely so we'll take a break here when we come back we'll get into melvin gordon we'll get into his holdout we'll begin our discussion on the los angeles chargers where are you taking melvin gordon which backup do you want most and what are you doing about keenan allen my man let's talk about all this come up next 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Los Angeles Chargers are on deck for us today. The BFFs, Frank Stample, Eric Young, and Greg Sussman here on a Thursday breaking it down for you. And the big story, of course, surrounding the Los Angeles Chargers is Melvin Gordon entering the final year of his contract before the fifth-year option. And he said, hey, I want a new deal. I am worth a new contract. Show me the money. Thus far, the Chargers have not, and they don't appear to be close. Guys, we all know how serious a holdout can get. We saw it Le'Veon Bell, who actually held out the entire season last year. Eric, where do you feel comfortable taking Melvin Gordon? I mean, if I'm being completely honest, this is uh, one of my favorite running backs of all time. I was all massively time. high, if you guys can remember, um, last year um, or the year before and had a huge uh, breakout season. Uh, I think he can do everything, um, but this is scary. I was a guy that, in one of my really important leagues, I drafted Le'Veon Bell, and I suffered. I suffered all year. Uh, so this is definitely, uh, you know, you have to let him slide. But, I mean, this is no different than, you know, uh, the risk of a starting running back getting hurt in the first game. Look, drafting in the first part of the draft or drafting anywhere, there's risk to every single player. They can get hurt. They can get, uh, they can have contract stuff. This is it is a real concern. Um, I'm going to side with the players on you know almost a hundred percent of the things. I sided with Le'Veon Bell. I signed with him. Uh, with Melvin Gordon, he, he should be higher paid than he is. And uh, if he doesn't hold out, they're not going to give him the money willingly. San Diego is is famous for being a very cheap team. Uh, last year they held out and, uh, and waited waited Bosa out. Um, he ended up getting some money, but but not what I think he wanted. So this is something that could happen. Uh, I believe they need Melvin Gordon. I think they proved last year that um, he's their best running back and best chance at, at making a deep run in the playoffs, so they want him in camp. But he's going to slide. I had him as a top five, but now I think he's uh, he's in my bottom. He's uh, close to my bottom 12. Yeah, I actually agree 100% with EY. The only leverage that players have right uh, at to try and get the money that they want is what Melvin Gordon is doing right now and holding out. And especially the shelf life of a running back in the NFL is not long. You have to get paid while you can and while you're healthy. And we know Melvin Gordon has been dinged up here and there, so he's trying to get paid. So I agree 100% on him holding out, but... Obviously, that has its effect on fantasy football. If he were in camp and everything was good, I think he's a top five, top six pick. You know, no questions about it. Right now, I have lowered him down to my RB13, which might seem crazy. I have him just behind Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Damian Williams. But again, I'm like EY. I had Le'Veon Bell last year. I took him third overall in a draft, and I suffered all season long. I don't want to put myself in that position again this year. You can't win your drafts in the first two rounds of fantasy, but you can certainly lose them. So if you draft Melvin Gordon right now and he ends up not playing and he's not traded and he, you know, he holds out half the year, whatever it is, the entire year, then you dig yourself a huge hole in terms of fantasy football. So 
Obviously, these rankings are possible to change if he were to show up, if he gets a deal done, or if he's traded. That obviously can affect things as well. But if we're drafting right now, I have lowered him down to RB13, and I really can't be talked into pushing him any higher because I just don't want to take that risk. In terms of when he's on the field, he's amazing. If he comes back, he was tied for RB3 in fantasy points per game last year with Alvin Kamara. I mean, that is legitimate company to be in. Alvin Kamara, a top four consensus pick this year. Melvin Gordon was tied with him in terms of fantasy points last year. He's a legit workhorse. Uh, He joins Le'Veon Bell, Zeke, Gurley, Saquon, and Fournette as the only running backs who have averaged at least 20 touches per game since the start of the 2017 season. He's a touchdown scorer, 38 touchdowns over the last three seasons, over 41 games. That's almost a touchdown per game. The guy is just absolutely legit. The narrative last year was yards per carry. Greg, we all heard about it. He was under four yards per carry each of his first three seasons. Last year, he's up to 5.1 yards per carry. He is immensely talented. There's no doubt about it. But you have to be worried about this holdout situation right now for fantasy football. So when I think of Melvin Gordon, I think of a workhorse. And I remember last year we had the discussion that why isn't Melvin Gordon going earlier? He does everything that you want, right? Like you know he's going to get all the carries. You know he's going to play most third downs. You know he's going to be the goal line back. And he was all of that last season. The only negative was the yards per carry, which he's completely smashed last season. For me, if Melvin Gordon was not holding out, I was talking to Frank about this earlier, he would be my... Fifth running back off the board. That's how confident I feel in him. I'm more confident in him than David Johnson, who we spoke about. I'm more confident in him than Le'Veon Bell, who we spoke about. I think Melvin Gordon does a little bit of everything. But this contract situation is real. And as Frank said, he's gone through the injury ringer. He wants to get paid, and he's willing, evidently, or so it seems for now, to hold out until that actually happens. And I think we have to, especially after this Le'Veon Bell situation, we have to take... At face value, this may be Melvin Gordon's only chance to make the big contract because we've seen running backs fall off the cliff before. He's going to get his, and he's going to do whatever he has to do, I believe, to make sure that happens, and that includes holding out. With that being said, obviously— I have a bad feeling about it too, Greg. I don't know about you— Is that because of last year, though, for you? No, it's just— Every what EY mentioned too, in terms of the history of the Chargers, they haven't really it been was a, a great team point, to, Eric. Yep. you know, pay up for their players, especially running backs. Of course, they did it with Ladanian Tomlinson. I mean, he's one of the all-time I mean, greats. You, you, but just, you just look at even their, they let him go at some point. You just look at their draft picks, right? They got in a fight every year with their first rounders. Joey Bosa was out uh, for a couple. I have of a games. bad feeling, man. I really do. They're going to dig in. He's either not going to play or he's going to be traded. Keenan Allen, I, Keenan I, Allen I have a got bad paid feeling. though, right? They paid Keenan Allen, I think. I don't know off the top of my head. I think they did. I think well, they paying did. a wide receiver is different than paying a running back. Not really. You think? Well, I, well, I think so because well, position wide receivers yes. can have a longer, obviously, life in they, the NFL they than, can, than they a certainly running can, back. But like wide receivers are always trying to set the market, and Keenan Allen's had his injury issues as well. And I believe, and I know you're about to check this, I believe they have paid him. So for me, I'll take Melvin Gordon, but I'm going to need that discount. Like I'm taking him. Signed a four-year, forty-five million dollar contract with the San Diego Chargers. So very team friendly. That was before the start of last season, I believe. So very, yeah. te- it was very team friendly. Yeah, what, four years, forty-five million. Yeah. So, so even that. So for me, Melvin Gordon, I'll still take him because the talent's there, and you obviously ultimately could get a huge steal. If you're here. drafting today, Greg. Where are you drafting him? So I'm drafting him. I'm basically drafting him for me in my Nick Chubb tier. Is where he's going. Like I'm going to take Bell, Johnson, Connor, Mixon over him. 
I'm going to take Todd Gurley over him. I'm going to take Dalvin Cook over him. And then I get to Nick Chubb, Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, the Fournette. That's where I take Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I have Melvin Gordon just behind Chubb and Damian Williams and then just ahead of Fine. Aaron Jones, Matt, Carrion Johnson. Yeah, I I'm think- ranking my tiers basically by round where I think they should go. So those are, to Late me, are like the second round running backs. Yeah. And Aaron Jones, Matt, carry on. That starts like the third round I'm, running back. I'm cool with that. I, I agree. I mean, that's, that's ultimately where I, where I had him. So um, that's Melvin Gordon. But if Melvin Gordon doesn't show up, somebody's going to be a running back for the Chargers. And those two guys that come to mind are Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. Jackson, a seventh round draft pick, burst on the scene last year. Austin Eckler, we know about him for a while now. Eckler's currently the 38th running back off the board, going around pick 94. Justin Jackson going even later, the 60th running back off the board at pick 170. Who do you like more, EY, and when do you want to pick him? This is, this is a tough call. Um, uh, I think everyone right now is, is saying that Eckler will be the guy. Eckler will be drafted above Jackson. Um, but I think if Gordon doesn't show up, I think Jackson is going to be the primary ball carrier. Eckler was was given a shot to do that last year and didn't do a whole lot with the opportunity. Look, it, he was electric. I mean, outside of out, that, catching the ball, being the third down guy, coming in as a change of pace. Uh, Austin Eckler is obviously a, a very talented football player, but he proved when he was given that shot that he might not be uh, or have the ability to be the bell cow guy. Justin Jackson came in near the end of the year, and, and he flashed a little bit. Uh, he has more size, uh, and I believe it could be Justin Jackson's role if Melvin Gordon isn't going to play. Yeah, it's an interesting one here because I think Austin Eckler is has been a really talented player on a per-touch basis, but is that because he's been used as a change of pace back? You know, as a compliment to Melvin Gordon, in the three games that Melvin Gordon missed last year, Austin Eckler, it's worth mentioning, he didn't do much, but he was used as the workhorse running back. Week 7, played 95% of the snaps, 17 touches. Week 13, 78% of the snaps, 18 touches. Week 14, 17 touches, and 68% of the snaps. So when Melvin Gordon was out last year with injury, Austin Eckler was the workhorse running back. Until he then got hurt and Justin Jackson took over. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back... There's also a question at wide receiver for the Chargers. We'll answer those questions, we hope, next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy football season is now upon us, and season-long drafts are in full swing. Roto experts have you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, and it includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto experts are providing dynasty season-long best ball betting. NFL draft content each day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football that you play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package is available right now only at RotoExperts.com. Frank, we were talking yesterday in the Superflex League for Flex. You have pick 11, which I'm pumped about because my home Superflex, I have pick 11. So it's very helpful. So you're pumped about it. I'm thrilled. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting spot to be in. Obviously, you could you can draft well from anywhere, but you know, at eleven, you miss out on like the top five running backs. Still get a really good wide receiver, so it's going to be interesting. I'm sandwiched between uh, the fantasy executive Corey Parson and the king Scott Engel in the flex super flex draft. Obviously, Jake Seeley is the one who runs all of those, uh, so it's going to be interesting. I think uh, the draft is next Friday, so stay tuned to uh, Twitter. And we will be tweeting out the results of that. So if you play in a Superflex league, you can kind of use these results as a barometer. Because there's no Superflex ADP, Greg. It's so interesting. I texted Jake earlier today, or Bake, earlier today. Bake Bealy. Bake Bealy, yeah. I texted Blake earlier today. I was like, hey, like, who do you trust for Superflex rankings? Like, where can I go? He goes, I don't. Because I think the ADP is all over the map. I don't think I don't trust anybody. There's no Superflex set ADP rankings. for Superflex. So this he goes, nothing. I just use my rankings. You got to feel out the draft. That's what he said. All it is. He goes, I use my normal rankings and I feel out the draft, and that's what my recommendation would be to you. Especially picking on the ends of a Superflex draft, you really have to try and it's tough. There's no way of actually knowing, but you have to predict when the quarterback run is going to come, Greg, because you're on one end. You miss out on that. Twenty-two picks later, you could end up with you know. Andy Dalton as one of your starting quarterbacks, or or Derek Carr, or dare I say both. Did, didn't we say there's nothing wrong with Andy Dalton as your, as your second? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you miss out on a really, really big run, you could be talking about both of those guys as your starting quarterbacks in a super flex league. So, just there's no ADP. There's no data when it comes to super flex. Yeah, we play in a lot of these leagues, but a lot of it is just feel-based. You kind of have to know when the quarterback run is coming. So, we'll have that data for you Coming next Friday, I'll tweet that out, and I'm sure like the next Monday after that, we'll come back and talk about the draft results and everything. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting, Greg. All right, before we hit the break, we were talking about Austin Eckler and his draft positioning as well as Justin Jackson. Frankie, a little bit more you wanted to go into uh, when it comes to Eckler. Yeah, I just wanted to mention this tweet yesterday from Scott Barrett of Pro Football Focus. He does great work. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well. But uh, Austin Eckler, 7th of 56 in terms of elusive rating. He finished 6th of 56 running backs in yards per carry, and he finished 7th of 31 running backs in yards per target. So, and he's really, really efficient on a per-touch basis. Is that because he's used in a complementary role? I think you have to ask yourself that. But when he has touched the ball, he has been a really, really good running back. And the ADP doesn't even tell the true story, Greg. I was telling you this during the break. I saw best ball drafts last night where Austin Eckler is going in the 6th round of fantasy drafts. So, obviously, there's a lot of people out there who are really, really worried about Melvin Gordon, and they're thinking right now, in a best ball, if I get Austin Eckler in the sixth round and he has a James Conner light type of impact, then that's how you end up winning your best ball draft. So it is something to pay attention to right now. Yeah, absolutely. So Austin Eckler rising up draft boards. We'll see ultimately how Chargers camp goes when it comes to the running backs. For the wide receivers, we kind of know, right? Like Keenan Allen, same guy he's always been, and he's moved a bit farther down in drafts for nearly no fault of his own. He's amazing. Um... So he's going at like the 2-3 turn, give or take. Uh, that's great. Very, great value. I'm never going to have any issue when you take Keenan Allen. You, everybody knows we love Keenan Allen, and you come on board, right? Keenan Allen! Keenan Allen! Exactly. So we love Keenan Allen. You finally got me on board. I know. It took me a couple of years, but I got you. But it's the other side that's really interesting. Not who it's going to be. We know Mike Williams is the new, number two wide receiver uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. But how good can he be? How much of his value relies on what's going to happen in the red zone? He finally did come into his own in his second season. And I know a lot of people are expecting a 30-year breakout. And it definitely could happen. But I do want to pump the brakes a little bit because Hunter Henry's also back, which is going to take away some of those red zone looks. EY, how much do you trust Mike Williams this year? 
I trust him quite a bit. I, I think uh, in the end, Mike Williams could outperform Keenan Allen in, in standard leagues for sure. Maybe not in PPR, but I think he will be the touchdown guy. I think Hunter Henry being there is is only going to add value um, to, to the receivers. And I know that seems weird, but I think when you have two two solid targets, it's easier to cover. When you have three solid targets, especially a guy that can can come over the middle like Hunter Henry and even and even run the seam route uh, down the middle of the field, it makes the wide receivers even more open. Uh, Benjamin is still there. He's a burner. Uh, you got to watch him deep. So uh, Mike Williams is the guy that I'm really, really high on this year. Yeah, I love Mike Williams too, man. I remember watching that Kansas City Chiefs game on Thursday Night Football last year, and I was sending out tweets like, how early is going to be too early to draft Mike Williams next year? Actually, I'll try and pull that that, that poll up and see, because I think I put like the fourth, fifth round as, as the options for said poll, uh, but he's just a man among boys. He was a top 10 draft pick in the NFL draft. The prospect pedigree is there, obviously, when it comes to Mike Williams. He's six foot four, two twenty, a beast in the red zone. You, this is someone that you could just throw up the jump ball, and he could come down and score touchdowns. And there's targets to go around here as well. 110 targets are up for grabs from last year, with Tyrell Williams moving over to the Oakland Raiders and Antonio Gates. Obviously, is he back with the team or did he no, officially retire? He's not at this time. So he's not. So there's 110 targets up for grabs here when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, a lot of those are going to go both Hunter Henry and Mike Williams' way. A lot of his value was dependent on touchdowns last year. Mike Williams finishes a top 25 wide receiver on just 66 targets, but 10 touchdowns. So that touchdown to like target ratio is obviously not going to stand. But like EY said, if you're trying to defend this team, you have to worry about Keenan Allen. You have to worry about Hunter Henry. Like Mike Williams is still going to get his shot. So I understand projecting touchdowns is very dangerous for fantasy football and it's very volatile. But I actually feel pretty good about Mike Williams scoring, you know, at least seven, maybe eight plus touchdowns this year because he's going to have a lot of single coverage. I, I really do believe that, Greg. So where he's going off the board right now, uh, it's, it's wide receiver 23, right behind DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, and ahead of Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup, and Tyler Boyd. I actually like Mike Williams. He's right in that range. That's the breakout tier. That's everyone's breakouts. It's Calvin Ridley. It's... Tyler Lockett, it's DJ Moore. Moore, it's Mike Williams. Honestly, take your pick. That's what it comes down to. That is the breakout tier this year. It's the late round four range, early round five range. And look, at least, you know, maybe probably one or two of these guys are, are going to flop this year. It's, it's unfortunate. It's just the nature of the beast that is fantasy football. But I would say, you know, at least two of those guys are, are going to break out big time, Greg. And, and it's just, you have to... You have to figure it out. Which guy do you like most? It's, you know, there's no Doug Baldwin in Seattle. So Tyler Lockett, while he was extremely efficient last year, he won't keep that up. He's going to have more volume this season. Calvin Ridley, what he did as a rookie, phenomenal. And he built off that his second year. We've seen Dirk Cutter produce two top 20 wide receivers twice when he was the OC there with Roddy White and Julio Jones. And now Mike Williams with the Chargers, their targets are so concentrated. You don't really have to worry about Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams getting involved. It's just these three receivers. I really do believe that. It's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the outside. It's going to be Hunter Henry over the middle and especially using the red zone. So I really like all of them, man. I mean, <laughs> how do you choose? How would you rank those four, Greg? Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, and Mike Williams. I would rank it Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett. Are you putting Mike Williams first? Right. Yeah. Mike Williams, 
Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore is how I would rank it. What about you, Eli? Oh, geez. It's a tough one. It is for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all like right in the same and yep. like before training camp. I mean, I don't know. I think I have DJ Moore at the top of that list right now, but that's going to depend on, on cam and the shoulder. And I mean, we don't really know right now. Honestly, you can ask 10 different people and get 10 different answers. Yeah. That's what's crazy. 100%. Like totally. EY just said he thinks he would have DJ Moore first on that list. And, and me personally, I have DJ Moore last on that list. So I, I, as of now, I have it. Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, DJ Moore. But I don't think heading into draft season and heading into your drafts, I don't think that there's a wrong answer. Obviously, there's going to be a right and wrong answer once the season starts and once these guys either start performing or not performing. But I don't think you can really go wrong with any of them because they all have that breakout upside for their respective teams. Yeah, I like Lockett the most. Absolutely. It's crazy because I don't like Russell Wilson. That's why I... Drop Lockett behind. But Mike the thing Williams. is, there's no yeah. Doug Baldwin, so Lockett, Lockett's the lowest for me. They're not okay. going to throw the ball, and there, there's no way he he puts up those uh, percentage numbers that he had last year. There's just no way he's agree, going to regress. I agree with you 100, percent EY, in terms of regression on a per target, on a per game basis. But his targets are going to they have to go up. I mean, it's it's DK Metcalf who's there. I don't have any faith in DK Metcalf. In fact, I'm really not a big fan of his at all, even in Dynasty, especially in redraft this year. I'm not a big fan of DK Metcalf. And I think just Doug Baldwin being gone and the fact that Tyler Lockett's going to play the slot, even if they only throw the ball, whatever, 480 to 500 times, which would probably be an improvement on last year, I, I think that Tyler Lockett's over 100 targets. I think he only had... 70 last year? Right. Like, that number has to go up. It just has to. 100%. Has to absolutely yeah. go up. All right. Well, we have about a minute. I want to wrap up the Chargers conversation, but I don't think you could do that without talking, obviously, about my guy Hunter Henry. So, Hunter Henry right now, NFFC over the last few days, uh, is going as the sixth tight end off the board. Right or wrong to you? I think that's fine. I have him one spot higher. I lean having, drafting him over Evan Ingram. I feel like there's probably more of an opportunity for Evan Ingram. Like, the upside might be higher overall. But I think there's more of a more of a downside as well because I don't really have a lot of faith in Eli Manning. The Giants could go to Daniel Jones at some point this year as well. I just trust Philip Rivers. I trust the Chargers offense more. You know, maybe he probably won't have as many receptions as, as an Evan Ingram, but the touchdowns are going to be in the favor of Hunter Henry. So I don't really have a problem in that range. I have him ranked one spot higher than Evan Ingram, Greg. Quickly, you have like 10 seconds left. Do you like uh, Hunter Henry this week, this year? I, I do. Tight end four. All right, there you go. Tight end four for UI. Take a break. We come back and we move on to the Denver Broncos next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back with you, final 20 minutes of the Fantasy Hour here on FATSY. Of course, brought to you by SportsGrid. Anything else on the Chargers? Anyone didn't hit guys on Phillip Rivers. Do you want to say anything about him, Frank? Phillip Rivers is fine as a super flex quarterback. Honestly, if I left a 
one quarterback league with Phillip Rivers as my only quarterback, I probably wouldn't feel great about it. He's perfectly fine, but the past three seasons he's finished QB 14, QB 12, and QB 18 in fantasy points per game. He finishes higher than that in accumulative points because he stays healthy every year, but he is a compiler. He is someone who accumulates stats on a per-game basis. He's really kind of average when it comes to fantasy football. So in a super flex league, perfectly fine, but in a one-quarterback league, I'd probably want someone with more upside, Greg. Fair enough. What about you, EY? Where do you... Well, where do you belong right now uh, on Philip Rivers? I feel like he's the guy that's like cr- criminally underrated. He produces every year. He's super sure. And like a guy, I mean, we all know if we wait on cornerback, we can get him late. So, you know, in, in a, a 15, 16 round draft, if I wait in between around 13 and 14 and get R- Philip Rivers as my starting quarterback, I'm, I'm smiling. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I think, especially in like a super flex league, I think Phil Rivers is like an awesome second quarterback to have. I would love to pair him with a high upside, like volatile running back. High well, upside? Quarterback. Like a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson, someone like that. Someone who might not... Sure. It's kind of like Ben you know, for you. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. But I think Ben has higher upside than Phillip Rivers. All right. Um, let me move on now to the Denver Broncos, where their biggest question mark, at least for me, uh, comes at running back once again where Philip Lindsay, out of nowhere last year, was the guy. He led this team in everything and immediately rose on the depth chart higher than early round draft pick Royce Freeman. But there's a new coaching staff in Denver, and that doesn't mean we'll have the same results. Lindsay, who had that hand surgery at the end of last year, seems to be healthy, seems to be practicing all good there. Frank, you were saying before we came on the air that Philip Lindsay finishes top 12 running back last year, just not being drafted as that. Where are you and Philip Lindsay this year? I like Philip Lindsay. I don't love him just because a lot of the result uh, r- reports that we're hearing right now are this could be a 50-50, it could be a committee uh, that both uh, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are perfect complements to each other, which makes sense. I mean, Royce Freeman is a boulder of a human being. He can be an early down back. He can be someone that's used on the goal line. And Philip Lindsay, we all kind of maybe unfairly last early last season – I'll label him as a as a scat back, but he proved that he can be more than that. He is a smaller guy. Uh, he's like five foot seven, one hundred and ninety pounds, but he broke a lot of tackles. He was elusive. He scored ten total touchdowns. I like Philip Lindsay, but you have to realize that you're likely not going to get a similar workload to last year, where he had one hundred and ninety carries, which led their running back group. He had, you know, I think thirty five receptions. Maybe that actually goes up because they're talking about using him more as a receiver this year. But I think the carries, Greg, the touchdowns are undoubtedly going to come down because this new regime, this new coaching staff is talking about using this as more of a committee, a more classic running back by committee where maybe we see Royce Freeman on early downs and then Philip Lindsay more so as a change of pace, third down, kind of, you know, maybe an Austin Eckler kind of role, but more than that, like anywhere from 12 to 14 touches per game. Now, if that's the case, that gets a little bit frustrating, obviously, for fantasy Absolutely. Owners. So where do we feel comfortable taking Phil Lindsay and Royce Freeman, ultimately? So Lindsay's going in the fourth round range right now. I'm actually currently doing a slow best ball draft where I had the second overall pick. I started uh, Alvin Kamara, then I got Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, and at 4-11, at the end of the fourth round, I took Philip Lindsay as my RB2. I think... In that range, late fourth, early fifth round, that's a good range to target Philip Lindsay. I still think that he could be a low-end RB2, maybe a high-end RB3 or or flex option, uh, someone who catches more passes again this year. But 
the way that they're talking up Royce Freeman and, and they're talking about using these guys kind of as compliments to each other, I think the upside might be a little bit capped on Philip Lindsay. Like, it's crazy to say it's only his second season. It wouldn't surprise me if last year turns out to be a career year for Philip Lindsay. Ewan, where do you come in on Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay? It's a it's a tricky one. Um, I like both of these guys. I think if you look at at Freeman's numbers, and there's a lot of uh, kind of like analytics to show that. He had a very, very unlucky year, and I don't think that'll continue. Um, he's obviously, I mean, in my opinion, more built to be the first down back, first and second down back at uh, six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds. This guy is a battling ram. I mean, he he's that's that's what he's built to do. And Phil Lindsay is not built to do that. He's uh, he is built like a scat back. He proved that he can do otherwise. And and I he reminds me a lot of Dion Lewis, a guy that shouldn't be able to run with power, a guy that shouldn't be able to run between the tackles, but still kind of gets it done no matter what. Um Lindsay, um, look at we were all wrong. There wasn't a person I don't think anywhere that I can remember and I consume this stuff maybe just as much or more than anybody. I don't don't think I can remember anyone taking Lindsay over Freeman. Um, Freeman was a guy that I was very high on last year. Um, And I, I I like him still this year. I think he will improve. Look at the NFL. It's all about committee. They're not going to have one guy do everything. Uh, I think that this trend was started by Bill Belichick. He's going to get his running backs. He's going to figure out what they're best at and they're going to do just that and that's what all other teams are doing uh there's very few uh bell cow running backs left in the nfl and that's the way this is going that's what the way i think this will go but i think with the new the new coordinator there um i think they're both going to be serviceable and best bell i'm getting both of these guys Uh, a lot of times i'll wait till like the fifth sixth round and i'll get them both back-to-back picks yeah and you can get royce freeman even later than that too i mean his adp right now He's a 38th running at running back off the board, and he's going in round eight of drafts. So even if you wanted to wait a round or two later than that, you can end up with uh, both of these guys. You could just lock up the Broncos' backfield. And EY mentioned that they have a new OC, someone who's calling plays for the first time at the NFL level. That is Rich Gangarello. Spent the last two seasons as Kyle Shanahan's quarterbacks coach in San Francisco. He has called plays at the college level, um, but this is his first time calling plays in the NFL. So. It's going to be a little, you know, trial by fire here, Greg, and we'll see, you know, what kind of tendencies he has early on in the season. Something, this is something to pay attention to big time during training camp. See who's getting the first team reps. Watch throughout preseason and see who's staying on the field with the starters for, uh, for a large majority of the time. I mean, that was something that we could have used last year to identify Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers, right, Greg? He was being used, you know, inside of the red zone inside of the goal line uh, during preseason. He was basically on the field all the time when the starters were on the field. So that's what we're talking about when we talk when we say, you know, pay attention during training camp and preseason. Watch to see if these guys are playing with the ones, and obviously we'll be watching, and uh, we'll let you know what we see. But this is... This is one of those to pay attention to very closely throughout training camp, Craig. No question about it. Make sure both of these guys remain healthy, or if one doesn't, like you're going to see the ADP skyrocket here. And we also need to pay attention to who the coaching staff favors, who gets that first touch, like Kalen Balaj did today with Kenyon Drake. What happens in the preseason? I think this is something that we have to absolutely pay attention to. No question about that, guys. Then we go over to the wide receivers, and there's almost as many question marks here with the wide receivers as there were with the running backs. The Denver Broncos, man, it's just there's question marks everywhere like the Riddler, Greg. Sure. <laughs> um, you don't like that. Greg doesn't like any superheroes or, or anything nah. coming re- closely relating superheroes. Admittedly not a superhero guy. You're just not. Yeah. This is not your thing. Sorry. 
EY's going to strangle you next time he sees That's, him. It happens. <laughs> um, so when it comes to the wide receivers, there's a lot of names here. EY, I'm going to go to you. You have Emmanuel Sanders coming off an Achilles tear. You have Cortland Sutton. You have Blake's, Blake Bealey's man crush, Deshaun Hamilton. I guess he's an industry man crush at this point. Is everybody else I'm missing there? Uh, there's also Tim Patrick, who popped a little bit right. late last season. Okay. Those are the top four wide receivers All on right. the team. So Sanders, Tim Patrick, if you want to throw him in there, Cortland Sutton, and Deshaun Hamilton. Joe Flacco's going to throw to somebody. Who's it going to be? Uh, I think the start of the year, it's going to be Sutton. He he He's built to be a number one. And I know I've talked in the last couple episodes about I'm just kind of like trying to figure out who the number one wide receiver is and going after that guy, regardless of team, regardless of quarterback, regardless of anything, because they're going to get more volume, which is in turn gives you more opportunity. Cortland Sutton is the guy that I'm drafting first out of all these guys. Uh, and I and the biggest reason for that is I, Manuel Sanders is hurt. I don't think he will even play in the first game or maybe the first couple weeks. Um, and if he does, he won't be 100%. There's just no way at his age, an Achilles injury, we saw uh, Deontay Foreman, Achilles injury, they are a different position, but I mean, that's where your explosion comes from. That's where your acceleration comes from, stopping and starting. It all starts uh, in your feet and your Achilles tendon, and uh, he, he's going to be hobbled, but best ball uh, or, or a, you know, as a late stash, I think Emmanuel Sanders will be uh, the more highly targeted quarterback. Uh, Joe Flacco loves those kind of uh, short route over the middle, which doesn't make any sense because I remember him coming out. He had like this cannon arm and could like throw it in like the rookie development thing on, on NFL Network. I remember him throwing the ball like 40 more feet than any other rookie quarterback or some crazy thing like that, but he doesn't really throw deep that often. Um, so it would be interesting to see, but Sutton's the guy. Uh, Dacian Hamilton is interesting, um, but I don't think he just doesn't have the pedigree. Like he proved he was decent last year, but I think it was Sutton, Sanders, Hamilton for me. Yeah, this is just a really interesting combination of players here to try and figure out because Cortland Sutton, I think he has the look of a wide receiver one. I just don't know that he's there yet. He certainly wasn't there last year, and I think ideally the Broncos didn't want him to be their wide receiver one. Yes, they traded away Demarius Thomas, but they couldn't foresee Emmanuel Sanders going down with that torn Achilles. So because of that, Cortland Sutton, and I remember this very vividly last year, everyone was rushing to waiver wires to go pick up Cortland Sutton. Oh, he's going to be the wide receiver one for this team. He was, but it didn't work out. He couldn't handle opposing teams' number one cornerbacks. He had a lot of drops last season. He wasn't good in terms of the contested catch. So I think that Cortland Sutton is still very raw from a dynasty perspective, from a keeper league perspective. I think, you know, down the down. The, you know, a couple of years from now, we might see Cortland Sutton develop into that player. I just don't know if it's going to happen yet this year, Greg. And, you know, there's already been videos of Emmanuel Sanders running routes. And I, I saw a video of him, like, stopping and going at full speed. Something is, like, really weird going on with Emmanuel Sanders. Because someone at the age of 32 years old should not be able to recover this quickly from a torn Achilles. So, I hear what you're saying, EY. Like, I was kind of worried initially as well about... Emmanuel Sanders' Achilles, but when I watch these videos and see him starting and stopping and, and running routes, and he's already playing seven-on-seven seven drills in training camp, it's like, all right, I mean, at some point, we have to take that for face value and, and actually notice what he's doing. So I like Emmanuel Sanders right now as wide receiver 51 off the board. Straight value. If you get, get him as, like, your wide receiver five or six, I mean, there's no risk there, and we know what the upside can be. We saw that last year through week 13. He was wide receiver 15. That was with Case Keenum as his quarterback. So, 
Um, I'm kind of interested in Emmanuel Sanders' price right now. And then Deshaun Hamilton, um, he's going to be their slot receiver. There's just there's no doubt about it. He's dealing with a hamstring right now as well. That happened yesterday. He didn't practice today, so pay attention to that. But the final month of the season when Cortland Sutton was struggling, Deshaun Hamilton picked up the slack. He was tied with Julio Jones and Julian Edelman over the final month of the season in terms of targets. He was averaging 9.5 targets per game, 6.3 receptions per game. The yards per catch were not good. He was catching a lot of passes close to the line of scrimmage, a lot of low A-dot passes, but he's a really, really good route runner, has really good hands, and I think he's, he's built to be a successful slot receiver in the NFL, and the way that the NFL has been trending, I like slot receivers. So I'm very interested in Deshaun Hamilton and, to an extent, Emmanuel Sanders at his asking price. I thought you put a great uh, spin on the fact that Cortland Sutton couldn't handle the number one cornerbacks uh, last year. Listen... Players do improve from year one to year two. We talked about Tyler no Boyd. Doubt. We talked about Tyler Boyd just a year, year, a day or two ago. And Tyler Boyd is someone that really exploded last year out of, out of nowhere. So, Corton Sutton, I think we're going to get a drastic improvement. What I really like about Emmanuel Sanders is that ADP. Because if he's healthy, he's going to produce like a number one wide receiver. We've seen um, Joe Flacco throw to players coming off Achilles before, obviously, with Steve Smith. So, I think there's a lot to like there um, when it comes to Emmanuel Sanders. And I'm breaking, all for we got We got breaking news, guys. Well, talk about that. On the, on the 19th, side. Cortland Sutton caught a ball at practice. <laughs> I'm reading it right now. Three questions, three minutes next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Three questions, three minutes to wrap up the fantasy hour on the show. You gentlemen ready? Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. At any time this year, will Noah Fant be a top 12 tight end, Frank? Like, on a given week? Well, he finishes top 12 tight end this year. Probably not. Okay. I like him a lot as like a tight end two in best ball, going in that same range as Mike Gusecki. I think both of those guys have upside this year. Wouldn't surprise me if Noah Fant gets off to a slow start just because he is a rookie tight end. But it reminds me a lot of Evan Engram coming out, just extremely athletic, versatile. The guy's like 6'4", 250, and ran a 4'5", 40. I'm very interested in Noah Fant. Love him in Dynasty, uh, but I think he's going to get off to a slow start, Greg. EY? I like Noah Fant as well, and the biggest reason is Joe Flacco is the quarterback. Loves this tight end. <clears throat> Whoa. Maybe I'm allergic to Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was just a few, uh, I believe yeah, it was just a really few weeks like, ago you were upset about not getting Joe Flacco. I was. Now, now let's take this. <laughs> it, was a, it was a best ball league in like the 20th, 20th round. Um, and it came down to him or, uh, I believe, Eli Manning. And, and I believe in the, the Denver offense a lot more than I believe in the New York Giants. Question two, is Joe Flacco somebody that you could start in two quarterback no. leagues? Okay, Eli? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. There you go. How about that? Disagreeing there. All right. Question number three, final question of our three-pack set here today. Rank these three quarter. Rank these three wide receivers. 
Yeah, rank these three wide receivers in Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, and Emmanuel Sanders, Frank. I'll still rank Cortland Sutton the highest just because I think that he has the... uh, He might have the highest upside of this group just given that Emmanuel Sanders has the Achilles. Uh, But I don't really like his ADP. I would rank it Sanders, Deshaun Hamilton... Emmanuel Sanders. EY, rank these four running backs. Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, Austin Eckler, and Justin Jackson. I would put Jackson in front of Eckler uh, as of right now because I don't know if Melvin Gordon will play. Um, but so that's that would be the order. Freeman, I think Freeman first. All right, so, so Freeman, Lindsay, Jackson, Eckler for EY. Eric, it's been a blast. We'll do it again tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, man. Can't wait, boys. Sweet. All right, two more teams to go. We'll do that tomorrow when we come back. It's the Action Hour with breaking baseball news. Stick around. More to come right after this. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 